Welcome to the ESP PPE podcast, Proper Project Expectations. Just a quick setup or reminder of what we're doing here. This is our 2023 summer series covering selling under NEM3, working in solar in California, and why it's still the best place to sell solar in the country if you know how. We're all about learn, then earn. Whether you're fresh to the industry or a sun-baked seasoned pro, in this podcast series, we'll go through the course of a project from some pre-sale topics all the way to final system activation. Don't take anything we say as gospel. Just try it on and see if you like it. Here we go. Welcome to the ESP Proper Project Expectations podcast. We're back with a bonus ode because we got some questions lately about an interesting topic called clipping. And so I brought in some of our experts here. We've got James Bird, Director of Pre-Install Operations, and we've got Jack Walker, VP of Construction. They're both a lot smarter than me. And so I thought they might be able to answer some of these questions about what is clipping, what's happening, why is it a big deal, or maybe why is it not a big deal? We're about to find out. So James, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks, Danny, for having me. Fantastic. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing real well. I'm super excited to have James with us today. Uh, for those of you who don't know, James is a relatively new dad. He's just learning how to get full night's sleeps again. So if he looks all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, it is because he's done his duty of getting up at two in the morning and he's actually getting full night's sleeps again. It's good to have you, James. Yeah, thanks. Powered by the magic cold brew. I don't get paid for this plug. <laughs> is it is it pumpkin spice season, Jack? Are you a basic bee? It, it is, but I'm not a pumpkin spice guy. <laughs> it's just not a like I'll eat pumpkin pie come Thanksgiving Day, but you know, you don't have to blend that up in my coffee. I'm a pumpkin spice guy, so you know, mm. I'm I'm the basic bee. I'm just asking, you know. <laughs> I know you're out there. I know they're out there for sure. <laughs> hey, this is a super cool subject because uh, it also ties in with our NEM, our California NEM 3.0 sales and discussions website and the, or, or group, I should say. And the reason it ties in so well is because clipping is a category of conversation that always seems to come up after a system has been installed a homeowner hasn't had the proper expectations set or the communication didn't happen clearly as to why this could happen, when this could happen, and sort of what is actually the net end result. So James, in preparation for this man, I thought it made perfect sense to bring you in. You work closely with our design teams. You work closely with all of our vendors about their products and, and how they perform their things. But you know, I have a specific sort of definition of what clipping is, but can you throw it into layman's terms? What, what exactly is clipping and what does it mean? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Yeah, so clipping I think is, most recognizable, like you said, Jack, post-install, post-activation, when a homeowner is looking at their solar monitoring platform and they see this plateau, a plateau during peak sun hours during during the day where it seems like the solar system is ramping up to produce a lot of power and then it hits a limit and doesn't exceed that limit. And then as the sun comes down, the kilowatt hours come back down. And the energy that is not being harvested by the system during those peak hours where instead where you would expect the nice curve nice bell curve you see a plateau that is that clipped energy that clipped power that we're talking about and what it is 
is a relationship between the solar panels on the home and the inverter that is installed for the system. And what is happening is the DC power produced by the solar panels is in certain parts of the day, potentially during the year, the DC power is exceeding the limits, the AC power limit of the inverter. So in technical terms, that's what clipping is. In layman's terms, it is that plateau that you can sometimes see in your solar monitoring platform. All right. So what we have here really is overproduction that can't be handled by the inverter. Is that is that the simplest way to sort of identify what that, clipping is? That's a great that's a great one sentence summary. Yeah. It is overproduction that can't be handled. So let's talk about for just a second, right? Overproduction. When does overproduction happen? It might happen in May or June when we have the greatest amount of sun hours and they're closest to the actual earth, right? That's why it's hot. It might be that we have no cloud cover whatsoever in a geographical area that is typically surrounded by cloud cover. Because remember, it's not just sunlight that actually, it's not the sun rays that actually makes power. Yes, the more powerful, like the more brilliant the sunlight is, the stronger the amount of production is going to be. But even during a cloudy day, there's ambient light and ambient light is still enough to generate some kind of power. So like, even though we typically talk about California and what we do here, if you had a system that was designed and built in, let's say Portland, Oregon, where it rains all the time, where it's notoriously cloudy, if on that day in May, when there's now no clouds and the system starts producing unlike it's ever produced before. The inverter might not be able to handle it because it was designed based on a certain power factor that it is going to produce, right? Okay, so clipping is the inability for the inverter to handle the overproduction of the panels. Cool, simple explanation. Does anybody ever talk about it with homeowners? Danny, have you ever once heard a sales rep caution a homeowner about clipping? Not ahead of time. No, that is almost one hundred percent of the time. It is a warranty call to us, and so that that's kind of a a little tease. I do want to have a whole series on these of like, what's a warranty call that isn't actually a warranty issue? And this is, I think, a perfect case of that because everybody, any homeowner who sees, wait a minute, that looks not normal. I'm used to seeing a nice smooth bell curve, but somebody just clipped the top off my mountain. So somebody pulled a, you know, West Virginia mountaintop removal on my, on my nice rolling Hills. What just happened? Can we, do we have a picture of it, Danny? Can we show it real quick? We'll, we'll, we'll show it. We'll show it. Right, this is, is going to come in in the, this is going to come into the magic of post editing. I'm going to put it on the <laughs> internet. So we're just looking at each other's beautiful faces, but so, yeah, so you'll, All right. You'll see that on a monitoring tool, like you got the Solar Edge app, the Enphase app, a homeowner who's kind of watching these like a hawk, like, a, you know, you're going to, uh, James, like a new baby parent, you're going to see some new solar owners kind of kind of playing the helicopter, you know, and, and watching it like, oh, wait a minute, what's it doing? That looks different than normal. Why is that? And so they'll call us and say, hey, something's wrong. And so we do have to have this conversation of like, 
no, it's not. I know it seems like it's a bit of a bummer that, yeah, you're not fully capturing every last, you know, drop of sunlight there, but it's by design basically. Right. So, so there's, there's lots of things that go into this, right. And James, one of the, one of the things that you hear people talking about is, Hey man, like this thing is now clipping. Shouldn't we upsize the inverter? Uh, shouldn't we make the inverter have more capacity to do this? And there's good reasons to do that. And there's good reasons to not do that. Can you talk a little bit about, Hey man, why wouldn't we want to sort of go with a larger inverter? Are there, are there, is there more than one reason? Like what's out there? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a great, it's a great question. And like Danny alluded to, it's a valid question. Why aren't we going after every last kilowatt hour my system can give me on an annual basis? And there's good reasons why you shouldn't do that typically. Um, and it's a, it's a design feature uh, of solar. So with the solar panels on the roof, there's a relationship with how big of an inverter or what type of micro inverter you should attach to that system. And it does seem counterintuitive to do what's called oversizing, but that is a, a design standard across across solar. And oversizing is where you take the DC size of the solar panels and you install a slightly smaller inverter that can't, in its rating, handle all of that DC power. And there's good reasons for that. The main thing is that solar panels frequently aren't operating at its optimal DC output throughout the day. This happens on a daily basis when the sun is coming up, its kilowatt hours are ramping up, the solar panel the solar panels are not operating at its maximum efficiency. But you want that inverter to be working at its maximum efficiency. That's how you harvest the most amount of kilowatt hours out of the system. So oversizing allows you to have an inverter that for the most amount of hours during the day is operating at its max power point. That is giving you the homeowner the most efficient energy harvest out of those solar panels up on the roof. So it is a design feature, not not a bug. One of the benefits some of the benefits that come from oversizing this relationship between solar panels and inverter size is you can avoid some costly things that could add to the bottom line of your project. Um, A slightly smaller inverter sized appropriately for your solar uh, system could avoid things like derating your main breaker, which adds extra cost to the electrical work for connecting the system. It could avoid an expensive main panel upgrade. A smaller inverter means you have a reasonable limit on the back feed that comes into the main panel. So that helps avoid having to upgrade that panel, which can add time, can add cost to the overall system. So a lot, a lot of time, a lot of cost as we've yeah. covered on previous. Yeah. Yeah. Main yeah, panel upgrade is not fun. Yeah. Well, super well said. Like when I think about the relationship from DC to AC, I, I immediately go to, okay, this is this is one of those things where like we had the episode in the past and we mm-hmm. talked about 
MPUs and all the all the pitfalls that sort of surround an MPU, right? Like one of the things about this DC to AC ratio that's so important and making sure that we don't fall into that MPU bucket. Now, by no means would we absolutely reduce somebody's inverter size down to like the minuscule end. There's actually a performance value associated with having slightly smaller, not greater, but not 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 significantly smaller, but slightly smaller, and that's to gain those efficiencies in its production. But what happens in the eye of the sales rep, and this is the way, like if I was a sales rep, I would definitely view it this way. Hey, man, can I use the 200% factor to make sure this works? And you start looking at it, and now all of a sudden, instead of having a 40 amp backfeed breaker, maybe I only need a 25 amp backfeed breaker. And that makes all the difference in the world between derating an MPU. And keep in mind, if I can just simply tie into that main panel where it sits today, I don't have to go through meter spot. I don't have to risk a relocation. I don't have to add thousands of dollars to this bill that I'm trying to sell to a homeowner. And that's a, I mean, that's a quick way to get a door slammed in your face. And I think it is super important that we maximize the efficiency. I've said hundreds of times that it's very, very important for sales to understand the process of homeowner has to qualify, roof has to qualify, electrical panel has to qualify. When all three of those things line up, everything's great. This sort of function of clipping is a phenomenon of overproduction. And so as long as the panels are overproducing, any contractor who's offering a production guarantee is not going to let clipping affect what that guarantee actually is. And that's what we do. We have a guarantee. It's in our contract. If we told you that that system is going to make 9,000 kilowatt hours annually, then that is what it's going to make. And we're going to adjust if we have to. Clipping is already factored into that. I'm really glad you brought that up because that was something I wanted to get to is when somebody sees this, they're going to freak out and be like, I'm losing power. It's not going to give me all the power that I need. And that's absolutely not the case. Whenever we build a system, we design it ahead of time. And we, we talked about this on the episode with James. We build out a, a map of their roof. We have a number that comes back out of that saying, this is the annual production number that you can expect from this system. Not a day-by-day number, not an hour-by-hour number. That's and right. so the times of the year, and and really, the I, I would say the scant few hours out of a scant few days out of the year where clipping is likely to occur on certain systems doesn't doesn't make up the difference of the the waste the excess of going the opposite direction and saying yeah we have too much inverter for the number of panels it's like it's like buying buying a five bedroom house if you only have you know yourself right you're not you you maybe need a two bed two and a half bath you don't need a mansion so we're not going to make you pay for the mansion when it just doesn't you, your needs don't dictate that at all so yeah and any 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 responsible installer will be modeling like jack said to take into account clipping ahead of time because there's what these systems will do on paper in terms of you know standard test conditions and ideal ideal production 
conditions, but you know, we take into the real world installation on the roof. We're accounting for things that will affect the solar production and providing a responsible inverter size to match that production estimate that's listed on your contract. James, to your point, and I want to I want to throw some examples at this thing, but to your point, just because a single system is clipping today does not mean that the same size system on the same inverter in a different location on that day is clipping, right? There are so many factors that go into this. I could have my house with the exact same system on it facing the exact same direction as somebody who lives on the coast or somebody who lives further up north where it's a little more cloudy, right? And mine might clip in May or late April because the temperatures outside are cool enough and the sun's rising up in a manner that it actually caught the panels early. And by the time it gets to the peak, it then starts to sort of clip out. That is a function of living in the desert and my panels are cool in the morning. In June 21st, theoretically would be the day that everybody clips. But unfortunately, my panels are 255 degrees on June 21st. They don't want to perform at a peak level when they're that hot. And take my exact same system and go to June 21st and set that to somebody who lives on Huntington Beach or even down in San Diego. They have a marine layer that they're dealing with until 10 o'clock in the morning. When the sun finally does come out, their system is literally going to do a straight line to the top. It's going to look like a sawtooth curve. It's going to do a straight line to the top. It's going to slide over and then it's going to roll out. Will it clip? Yes. But because of the marine layer, you did not have this sort of giant, you didn't sort of have this rolling ease front side of the bell curve. You had a giant spike, right? So like no two systems in the same location are actually going to clip on the same days because of orientation, because of cloud cover, because of temperatures externally and internally. Heck, you could have panels that are soiled, um, and soil could be anything from dust and dust storms to bird poops and just debris falling off of trees, um, landing on your panels and sort of making it so that they don't perform as well, and that actually helps prevent clipping. Now then, I would never encourage somebody to keep their panels soiled. Like that's really <laughs> dumb, right? You obviously I shouldn't go. Up. I shouldn't just start slinging mud up on my roof, Jack. Is that no, it? you definitely okay, want okay. your panels to perform the best. I, I think the purpose of this conversation really is to make sure that we're clearly defining: Hey, what is clipping? What causes it? What can I do about it? And we should talk about that. What can I do about it? If 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 in my sales pitch I said to a homeowner, "Don't worry, clipping never happens." Is there a way that I could prevent that, right? And James, maybe you could talk about it a little bit. And then the other one I want to do, the other one I want to talk about is I want to tie this to California NEM 3.0 because I think it's super important that we teach sales reps today that under NEM 3.0, you're most likely going to have a battery, especially in the big three utility jurisdictions. We got a secret weapon. A battery. Yeah, if you're if you're then going to have a battery, clipping for some manufacturers is a non-issue because what would have been clipped gets dumped directly to a battery. But I don't want to steal James's thunder. I want him to talk about it. 
Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a multi-step response to what what do we do about it? What do we do about clipping? And I think Danny alluded to this earlier. I think a great thing is setting up those expectations as far as when you see clipped energy. Clipped power is a small fraction of the area under the production curve. And there is it is a trade-off for an efficient design. And when you look at trying to capture those this small percentage of kilowatt hours, the cost necessary to do that is likely many times more expensive than it would take you to buy that energy from your utility company. So we're looking at out for the, you know, the optimal ROI for our homeowners. So when you see the small clips peak, you got to look at that in relation to the large production curve that is being captured um, by the inverter. But then going to what you could do about clip power if you want those kilowatt hours or if you are in an m3 environment and already thinking about some cool technology that's uh, maturing in the market we could talk about batteries specifically dc coupled batteries that like jack said um make clipping uh, a non-issue because clipping is something that happens with the conversion from dc to ac if you are already looking for a battery system, either self-consumption only battery, or you're looking for security, looking for that backup battery, DC coupled batteries connect to the system before that clip power is quote unquote lost. DC coupled batteries provide a home for that, for those kilowatt hours to go live, stay on site and be used by you when needed through, through your home's electrical system. So there is technology that can make use of that clipped peak that otherwise would be going, would be going mm-hmm. to the wayside. And in the NEM3 environment where that we're in in California, where battery attachment rates are increasing, it provides a very cool, creative solve to um, but could potentially be seen as as an issue um, by homeowners. Yeah, I think I think I think that nails it. I think that's definitely uh, the right way to sort of think about it. And I real quick did some math, right? So let's say on an average day, if you clipped, and this would be a huge number if you clipped this much, but let's just say you clipped 15 kilowatt hours at 30 or 35 cents, it's going to be about five bucks. If you tried to capture that by the time you upsized your inverter and by the time you did a MPU and a D rate, if you and assuming you didn't have to do a relocation, the $5 in that one day or three days, let's call it 15 bucks. To capture that 15 bucks across three days of clipping, you're going to spend almost you know $4,000 in inverter upgrades, MPU or D rates, like all the things that you're going to have to do to sort of capture that power. And you still might not have the overall efficiency that the smaller inverter had with its production in the higher range faster. The other the other piece I think is so important, right? I'm a big fan of sales reps who are educated. And I say it in a way and I and I and I don't want it to ever sound disrespectful. <clears throat> That's not to say sales reps aren't educated. Some of the smartest people in the world I know are, in fact, salespeople. It so is so all the rest of you dummies. Sales <laughs> for all the rest of you, no, I would never say that. We'll trim uh, that out. I just don't want it to sound offensive, right? So I put this giant pre- disclaimer on it because I don't want it to sound offensive. But at the end of the day, 
there's truth in the statement, the more you know, right? Yeah. Like the more you know, the smarter you are. And you can apply that in the right places. The minute you're having a conversation under NEM 3.0 about, hey, we're going to put this inverter on. We're probably going to downsize it just a little bit so that we can not have to do this MPU. And the biggest benefit of that is because we're DC to DC coupled to charge this battery, you're never going to have clipping. It's just going to dump into the battery for your use later. It's a super efficient way to actually charge that battery. You're not inverting it just to put it into a battery, and then you're not inverting it to come out of the battery. Like, it's a very, very smart way to do it. It's really a great feature. Yeah, it's a great Um, way to take a potentially um, negative conversation and have a great positive discussion about, yeah, what uh, a full solar plus storage system can do. Yeah, 100%. And I I think the, the bonus episode... The, the bonus ode talking about like clipping and what is it? Hey, it's literally a function of overproduction, not being able to be supported by the inverter. That should really be the end of that conversation. If you're worried about it, hey, let's get a battery and make this whole NEM 3.0 sort of work even way better for you because if clipping does occur, we're going to dump it directly into a battery. We're going to then let you use that battery when is a better opportunity for you instead of just in the bell curve of how solar is produced, right? Exactly. So from a NEM 3.0 perspective, this becomes way smarter. Super smart. Cause yeah, uh, with, if you're, if you're dumping it straight to the grid at high noon, you're getting pennies at best. So yeah, let's, let's save that up for when it is truly the most valuable for you. And yeah. All right. Let's put a little bow on this thing. One, never worry about, Clipping. When it happens and if it happens, it's not a big deal. It's a small amount of power in the grand scheme of what it's going to cost. And it's typically an overproduction. Two, the way that you sort of combat a conversation about clipping is to talk about A, how much that cost differential is and that the production guarantee still factors that into the total number that you're paying for. And just to make sure everybody's on the same page there, leasing companies do the same thing. When a leasing company guarantees you the production, they've already factored it in. And a PPA company has already factored it in. Everybody has already factored this thing in. Uh, It's really not a conversation that needs to be had. It is smart if it is had, especially in the NEM 3.0 environment. And that's number three. In the NEM 3.0 environment, if clipping occurs and you're using the proper equipment, you're going to have this sort of DC to DC connection that makes it super efficient to help charge that battery. And we're not sending that power straight to ground to be wasted. Well said. That's great. Well, this was great. Appreciate you gentlemen covering this uh, hot topic and we should have some more. I, I asked our warranty department to put together a few items of, like I said, is it a warranty issue or is it part of the design and they don't have to worry about it as much? Just to, just so again, we're equipping everybody with the best expectations. So thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for being here. Hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. Thanks, Danny. James, yeah. love to have Thank you, man. You. Good luck to you and the kids tonight. I hope everybody sleeps well. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate being here.
The views expressed herein may or may not represent the views of Energy Service Partners Incorporated, its ownership, management, affiliates, or subsidiaries. No construction project is guaranteed to be free from errors at any stage, and nothing contained in this recording should be taken to imply otherwise.